Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fares. Discover more at viking.com. So I think there are two reasons why Norwegians would go looking up what other people make and pay in taxes. One is, of course, morbid curiosity. But the other, I think, is it's a great way to gather information, especially if you're in a work situation and you would like to know what other people are making. It empowers you as an employee. Welcome to the Best New Ideas in Money, a podcast from MarketWatch. I'm Stephanie Kelton. I'm an economist and a professor of economics and public policy at Stony Brook University. And I'm Jeremy Elshan, the editor of MarketWatch. The Best New Ideas in Money has been a feature on our site for a few years, and I'm thrilled to be here with you as we expand the franchise with this, the first episode of our podcast. This show has at its heart an optimistic premise that money can be a force for good in the world. We're going to explore innovations in economics, finance, technology, and policy that rethink the way we live, work, spend, save, and invest. Remember, money itself is just an idea. Humans totally made it up. And since we made it up, we can change it. We can upgrade its operating system to be faster, fairer, and more efficient. Money can be a medium of world change. And though that is optimistic, we're not here to talk fantasy. The ideas we're looking at in this show are real-world solutions that are being taken seriously and even being put into practice. This week, we're looking at salary transparency. Here in the U.S., people seem willing to share the most embarrassing and bizarre intimate details of their personal lives on social media. But when it comes to talking about how much money we make, we turn into secret agents. That's not true everywhere. In some Scandinavian countries like Norway, they have a day each year where they release salary and tax information for everyone. The American media has dubbed this Jealousy Day. So the government will sort of announce when the tax lists are ready, but the way that you'll probably wake up and, and know that this is happening is because there will be some very splashy tabloid stories. That's Hilda Restad, who we heard from at the top of the show. She's an associate professor of international studies in Oslo, Norway, and sees her country's stance on transparency as the total opposite of American attitudes. Americans get very awkward when you talk about pay and salary. Maybe because they think it sort of reflects their personal value as human beings or something. What's funny to me about this is that while the U.S. is known for being a money-obsessed culture, it's still really taboo to talk about our own income. This seems to be changing. There's a generational shift I've noticed happening, especially with younger people. They're much more open to talking about their own salary than they were even a few years ago. Yeah, I have a family member who is in college right now and she's getting ready to graduate. And like so many other juniors and seniors, she's gone out, she started interviewing for positions and she started to get some job offers. And one of the first things that she did was to talk to her peers about the kinds of job offers they're getting and they're all comparing starting salaries. They're definitely willing to talk to each other about the money that they potentially can make from that first job. They seem much less shy about just bringing up the money question sooner. So Stephanie, what do you think the odds are we'd ever have something like Jealousy Day here in the U.S.? It feels like a heavy lift. 
I don't know when the U.S. might be ready for something like Jealousy Day. I think there are so many ways that we can already infer a lot of information about the incomes that our coworkers and our neighbors and our friends, you know, there are ways to kind of figure out without actually knowing the numbers, how much money people are bringing in, relatively speaking. So in terms of publishing the actual numbers on everyone in the country, I sort of doubt it, but maybe we're moving that direction. American culture and Norwegian culture are staggeringly different. They're so different. So what you guys apparently call Jealousy Day, we just call Patriotic Tax Pay Day. <laughs> it's just a day when the government releases the list of everyone in Norway who pays taxes and how much they earn. I should add that Jealousy Day is what Americans call this. In the countries that do this, it's about justice and transparency, not jealousy. They're going to start calling it Nosy Neighbor Day. So if we did something like that here in the U.S., it wouldn't necessarily tell you a whole lot about how rich somebody is, right? I mean, many people with a lot of money don't actually have high earnings. They get their money from stocks, they've inherited it. They have a business, they're drawing rental income or dividends and interest. So you could publish data telling everyone what each other's salaries and wages are, but that wouldn't really paint a complete picture, certainly not in a country like the United States where wealth's pretty unequal and so much of that inequality comes from factors other than salary and wages. It's these pay gaps that make salary transparency such a compelling issue for Americans to face up to. We know that the U.S. has one of the widest gaps in wealth and income of any country on the planet. And the fact that we're secretive about our incomes probably won't help alleviate those gaps anytime soon. Some people say that by opening up all our books, we can make income fairer for everyone. And this could particularly help reduce the racial and gender pay gaps. I don't think we're going to see a jealousy day coming out of the federal government here in the U.S. But what we are seeing is that salary secrecy, which has historically worked to the employer's advantage, is starting to change. Not just because workers are demanding more transparency. Companies are starting to volunteer more information, in part because the labor shortage we're experiencing under COVID is encouraging them to get creative about attracting workers. And that's definitely something new. Employers right now, they're bowing down to workers in the hottest job market in decades. So pay hikes, free iPhones, hybrid work schedules, college tuition. COVID has had a huge impact on the job market. A lot of people are reevaluating how and where they want to work. Employers are having trouble filling jobs in sectors across the economy. And that's changing the way they approach potential employees. Some companies are discovering that if they're more transparent with their job applicants, it can help them attract workers in a really competitive labor market. So there's different types of transparency. That's Dr. Valeria Alterman. She's a professor of management at the University of Miami. Maybe about how much do I get paid? How much does my coworker get paid for doing the same job? Or it could be about how much I got in my bonus at the end of the year versus how much my coworker got as a bonus. 
The second one is really about the way that the pay was decided. Oftentimes, organizations have specific formulas for how they decide the bonus for a particular employee or a particular level of employees. So this pay process transparency is what we call it, refers to, again, displaying or being transparent about the way that it was calculated. Transparency doesn't mean everyone gets paid the same amount, no matter how good they are at their job or how much experience they have. It just means that employers effectively have to justify the disparity in pay for people in the same title. It can't be done in secret. Alterman says that when it comes to the kind of information workers can get from their employers, it's not just about what ends up on your paycheck. Having this information readily available can act in two ways. If we know that what we are getting paid is fair, if what we're getting paid is comparable to what somebody else is getting paid doing the same job, and it can have positive impacts on how we do our work, how much we care about our coworkers, and it can also foster a climate of integrity and trust and fairness within the organization. At the same time, when this information is transparent, it's more likely that the organization will have smaller pay gap sizes. According to Alterman, salary transparency doesn't only help with employee satisfaction and motivation, but it can potentially create more trust between employees and the employer. That sounds like a pretty big positive when it comes to company culture. But if transparency were always better in life, we'd all be walking around naked. Sometimes, as you'll hear, there's a case for clothing the truth just a bit. From an organizational perspective, I think it's also a double-edged sword. Pay transparency can backfire, especially because having this information available to employees can lead to some envious behavior. If you realize that you might not be getting paid as much as your counterpart, then you may start displaying some negative attitudes toward them. The climate in the organization may start to get a little tense. And at the same time, I think it can also backfire for the employer because if you are being very explicit about how pay is calculated, how pay is distributed among your employees, you don't want to have any kind of differences between employees. And this kind of pay compression might lead to your better employees leaving. After the break, more on the potential pitfalls of salary transparency and why in spite of those, some places are making it the law. This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive, with no children and no casinos. Discover more at viking.com. Before the break, we talked with Professor Valeria Alterman about how pay transparency can influence feelings of security and trust. But other researchers think it can be divisive. People have enormously healthy perceptions of their own contributions to an organization, which psychologically is very, very healthy. Todd Zanger is a business professor at the University of Utah, and he brings up a potential downside for workers who find out what their colleagues make. If you as an organization are trying to link pay and performance, then when you make individual pay highly transparent, you make it front and center, people you know, rabidly compare 
pay. And as a consequence of that, they often discover they're not as wonderful as they thought they were, or at least they discover that they're not perceived to be as wonderful as they thought they were. This sort of rabid comparison can have negative effects on individual well-being as well as the organization well-being. The more visible you make pay, the more it heightens the focus on pay. And as a consequence of that, the organization's much more likely to flatten pay, just make it more equal because it's so hard to justify these differences given people's healthy egos. So he's saying that the research indicates that this could help companies suppress wages because it's easier to keep salaries low than to explain increases for some workers over others. I guess it could. It'll also potentially force employers to justify the wages that they're paying to their different workers. So if an employer lures a worker away from a competitor and can justify paying the higher wages based on years of experience or the unique talents of that particular individual, it strikes me as a pretty easy thing to defend if you're you know, lower salaried workers find out about it and come to you asking for answers. This also might help with the squeaky wheel problem that people who bring up salary with their bosses more often are probably the ones more likely to get raises. Some people feel more shy about it. And over time, if they miss out on those repeated raises, they end up in a much worse situation. A policy like this, once it's in place, I think starts to normalize and make a person like that more comfortable going to the boss and raising the question of a pay increase. It's sort of like there's a game theory component to this. If only some people have the information, they can work it to their advantage. In any salary negotiation, there's one party, usually the employer, who has more information than the other. They know what the budget is, what the maximum they're willing to pay would be and the job candidate doesn't. If there's full salary transparency, though, it changes that dynamic completely. You could really make the argument that it gives a leg up to not only prospective hires, but current employees. And not every employer is going to be happy about that. Another complication from the employer's perspective is that laws about transparency don't just vary from country to country. They can vary from state to state. Colorado is the first state to require pay ranges benefits, and descriptions of other compensation to be included in a job posting. Chris Patrick is an attorney in Colorado, where he practices management side employment law. Colorado is the first to require what I'm calling opportunity transparency. The easy example is if you're a Colorado employer, a restaurant, if you have a general manager position available at any of your restaurants, all of your Colorado employees are entitled to know of that, have an opportunity to apply, and are entitled to notice of the pay and benefits associated with that job. It does not matter if you know you're only going to hire an assistant manager. Your servers are entitled to know about it. Your bartenders are entitled to know about it. Your receptionists, your greeters, your hosts are entitled to know about it. Some businesses in Colorado say this could lead to extra work and slow down the whole hiring process. It's unlikely Congress is going to pass some wide-sweeping bill mandating salary transparency that would level the field between states. But in Canada, the government has just implemented that kind of law in the hope of narrowing the pay gap. Hi, my name's Lauren, and I'm a data scientist at a tech and consulting company. 
Lauren's based in Toronto, where starting this year, companies will have to start reporting much more information about salary data. And this information will be reported to the public. For Lauren, the fact that companies often don't provide salary information when they're hiring is frustrating. I don't want to look at this job that requires a bachelor's degree, a master's degree, and like three years or four years experience, and then go to the job interview and they're like, oh yeah, it's for $40,000. And you're like, this is a waste of my time. Like, just tell me up front. Recently though, interviewing for a job even before this law took effect, Lauren was surprised how forthcoming some companies actually were. So one time I applied for a position at a tech company and their whole kind of MO as a company is pay transparency. And so when I was going through an interview process with them, they started saying, if you live in Toronto, this would be your base pay. So if you lived where it was like higher rent or whatever, they had a calculation to calculate your salary. The second thing she probably said to me is, this is the salary range we're considering for this position. How do you feel about it? And I was just very taken aback. It was probably $15,000 more than I thought that I would ask for. So in that case, pay transparency is huge. And it also helped me when I went on to future interviews. Now I'm feeling way more comfortable asking for that. Listening to Lauren, whether she took that job or not, having the knowledge of what she could expect to make put her in a great position to know what she could ask for. And it sounds like even gave her a boost of confidence. COVID has reset a lot of expectations about our work lives the flexibility of remote work, which jobs we consider essential, the kinds of work conditions we're willing to tolerate, and what kind of meaning we expect to get from our job. It'll be really interesting if the way companies hire and how workers negotiate and share information becomes one of those resets. And while we're probably not going to end up with a European-style jealousy day of our own, Hilda Restad says, arming yourself with more information is never a bad thing. My advice would be information is power, and the more information you have, the more power you have. Thanks for listening to The Best New Ideas in Money. You can subscribe to the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you like what you heard, please leave us a review. And if you have ideas for future episodes, drop us a line at bestnewideasinmoney at marketwatch.com. Thanks to Elizabeth Buckwald, Valeria Alterman, Chris Patrick, and Lauren. To learn more about salary transparency, head to marketwatch.com. I'm Stephanie Kelton. And I'm Jeremy Olshan. The Best New Ideas in Money is a podcast from MarketWatch, produced by Best Case Studios. Devin Maverick-Robbins and Suzanne Myers are our producers, and our associate producers are Hannah Leibowitz-Lockard and Ali Gallo. The executive producer for Best Case Studios is Adam Pincus, and Melissa Haggerty is the executive producer for MarketWatch. Stephanie Kelton is an economist and a professor of economics and public policy at Stony Brook University, and not part of the MarketWatch newsroom. We'll be back next week with another new idea.